0: Welcome to Volume Nine of Sky Island. Chapter Twenty Two-Trot's Invisible Adventure All the Blueskins except a few sentries had gone to bed and were sound asleep. A blue gloom hung over the city, which was scarcely relieved by a few bluish, wavering lights here and there. But Trot knew the general direction in which the palace lay, and she decided to go there first. She believed the Boolooroo would surely keep so important a prisoner as Captain Bill locked up in his own palace. Once or twice the little girl lost her way, for the streets were very puzzling to one not accustomed to them. But finally she sighted the great palace and went up to the entrance. There she found a double guard posted. They were sitting on a bench outside the doorway, and both stood up as she approached. "'We thought we heard footsteps,' said one. "'So did we!' replied the other. Yet there's no one in sight! Trot then saw the guards were the two patched men, Jim Fred Jones Jinks, and Fred Jim Jinx Jones, who had been talking together quite cheerfully. It was the first time the girl had seen them together, and she marveled at the queer patching that had so strongly united them, yet so thoroughly separated them. You see remarked Jim Fred as they seated themselves upon the bench. The Boolooroo has ordered the patching to take place tomorrow morning after breakfast. The old Earthman is to be patched to poor Tiggle instead of Gip Gizzizzle, who has in some way managed to escape from the Room of the Great Knife. No one knows how, but Tiggle and Tiggle won't tell. We're sorry for anyone who has to be patched, replied Fred Jim in a reflective tone, for although it didn't hurt us as much as we expected, it's a terrible mix-up to be in. Until we become used to our strange combination, you and we are about alike now, Jim Fred, although we're so different from before. Not so said Jim Fred. We are really more intelligent than you are, for the left side of our brain is always the keenest before we're patched. That may be admitted Fred Jim, but we are much more the strongest because our right arm was by far the best before we were patched. We are not sure of that, responded Jim Fred. "'for we have a right arm, too, and it is pretty strong.' "'Well, we will test it, then,' suggested the other, "'by all pulling upon one end of this bench with our right arms. "'Whichever could pull the bench from the others must be stronger.' While they were tussling at the bench, dragging it first here and then there in a trial of strength, Trot opened the door to the palace and just walked in. It was pretty dark in the hall, and only a few dim blue lights showed at intervals along the corridors.' As the girl walked through these passages, she could hear snores of various degrees coming from behind some of the closed doors, and knew that all the regular inmates of the place were sound asleep. So she mounted to the upper floor, and thinking she would be likely to find Captain Bill in the room of the Great Knife, she went there and tried the door. It was locked, but the key had been left on the outside. She waited until the sentry, who was pacing the corridor, had his back toward her, Then she turned the key and slipped within, softly closing the door behind her. It was as dark as pitch in the room, and Trot didn't know how to make a light. After a moment's thought, she began feeling her way to the window, stumbling over objects as she went. Every time she made a noise, someone groaned. That made the child uneasy. At last she found a window and managed to open the shutters and let the moonlight in. It wasn't very strong moonlight, but it enabled her to examine the interior of the room. In the center stood the great knife, which the Boolooroo used to split people in two when he patched them, and at one side was a dark form huddled upon the floor and securely bound. Trot hastened to this form and knelt beside it, but was disappointed to find it was only Tiggle. The man stirred a little and rolled against Trot's knee when she at once became visible to him. "'Oh!' It's the Earth, child, he said. Are you condemned to be patched too, little one? No, answered Trot. Tell me where Captain Bill is. I can't, said Tiggle. The Boolooroo has hidden him until tomorrow morning, when he's to be patched to me. Gip Gazizzle was to have been my mate, but Gip escaped. He was carried away by the six snub-nosed princesses. Why? she asked. One of them wants to marry him, explained Tiggle.
1: Oh my! That's worse than being patched,
0: cried Trot. Much worse, said Tiggle with a groan. But now an idea occurred to the girl. Would you like to escape? She asked the captive. I would indeed, he said.
1: If I get you out of the palace, can you hide yourself so that you won't be
0: found? Certainly, he declared. "'I know a house where I can hide so snugly "'that all the Bularoo's soldiers can't find me!' "'All right,' said Trot.
1: "'I'll do it, for when you're gone, "'the Boolooroo will have no one to patch Cap'n Bill to.'
0: "'Oh, he'll just find somebody else,' suggested the prisoner.
1: "'Yeah, but it'll take him time to do that, "'and time is
0: all I want,' answered the child. "'Even while she spoke, Trot was busy with the knots in the cords.' and presently she had unbound Tiggle, who soon got to his feet.
1: Now I'll go to one end of the passage and make a noise. When the guard runs to see what it is, you just run the other way. Outside the palace, Jim Fred and Fred Jim are on guard, but if you tip over the bench that they're seated on, you can easily
0: escape them. I'll do it! I'll do it! All right! promised the delighted Tiggle. YOU'VE MADE A FRIEND OF ME, LITTLE GIRL, AND IF I EVER CAN HELP YOU, I'LL DO IT WITH PLEASURE. THEN TROT STARTED FOR THE DOOR, AND TIGGLE COULD NO LONGER SEE HER, BECAUSE SHE WAS NO LONGER TOUCHING HIM. THE MAN WAS MUCH SURPRISED AT HER DISAPPEARANCE, BUT LISTENED CAREFULLY, AND WHEN HE HEARD THE GIRL MAKE A NOISE AT ONE END OF THE CORRIDOR, HE OPENED THE DOOR AND RAN IN THE OPPOSITE DIRECTION, AS HE HAD BEEN TOLD TO DO. OF COURSE THE GUARD COULD NOT DISCOVER WHAT MADE THE NOISE and Trot ran little risk, as she was careful not to let him touch her. When Tiggle had safely escaped, the little girl wandered through the palace in search of Captain Bill, but soon discovered such a quest in the dark was likely to fail, and that she must wait until morning. She was tired, too, and thought she would find a vacant room, of which there were so many in the big palace, and go to sleep until daylight. She remembered there was a comfortable vacant room just opposite the suite of the six dumb-nosed princesses, so she stole softly up to it and tried the door. It was locked. But the key was again outside, as the blueskin seldom took a door key away from its place. So she turned the key, opened the door, and walked in. Now, this was the chamber in which Gip Gizzizzle had been confined by the princesses, his arms being bound tightly to his body, but his legs left free. The Boolooroo in his search, had failed to discover what had become of Gip Kizzizzle, but the poor man had been worried every minute for fear his retreat would be discovered, or that the terrible princesses would come for him and nag him until he went crazy. There was one window in his room, and the prisoner had managed to push open the sash with his knees. Looking out, he found that a few feet below the window was the broad wall that ran all around the palace gardens a little way to the right the wall joined the wall of the city being on the same level with it gip Gizzizzle had been thinking deeply upon this discovery and decided that if anybody entered his room he would get through the window leap down upon the wall and try in this way to escape it would be a dangerous leap for as his arms were bound he might topple off the wall and into the garden but he resolved to take this chance. Therefore, when trot rattled at the door of his room, Gipkisizzle ran and seated himself upon the window sill, dangling his long legs over the edge. When she finally opened the door, he slipped off and let himself fall to the wall where he doubled up in a heap. The next minute, however, he had scrambled to his feet and was running swiftly along the garden wall. Trot, finding the window open, came and looked out and saw the Major Domo's tall form hastening along the top of the wall. The guards saw him too, outlined against the sky in the moonlight, and they began yelling at him to stop. But Gip Gizzizzle kept right on until he reached the city wall. When he began to follow that, More guards were yelling now and running along the foot of the wall to keep the fugitive in sight, and people began to pour out of the houses and join in the chase. Poor Gip realized that if he kept on the wall, he would merely circle the city and finally be caught. If he leapt down to the city, he would be seized at once. Just then he came opposite the camp of the Pinkies and decided to trust himself to the mercies of his earth friends rather than be made a prisoner by his own people, who would obey the commands of their detested but greatly feared Boolooroo? So suddenly he gave a mighty leap and came down into the field outside the city. Again he fell in a heap and rolled over and over, for it was a high wall and the jump a dangerous one. But finally he recovered and got to his feet, delighted to find he had broken none of his bones. Some of the Blueskins had by now opened a gate, and out rushed a crowd to capture the fugitive. But Gip Gazizzle made straight for the camp of the Pinkies, and his pursuers did not dare follow him in that direction. They soon gave up the chase and returned to the city, while the runaway major domo was captured by Captain Corley and marched away to the tent of Rosalie the Witch, a prisoner of the Pinkies. Chapter Twenty Three. THE GIRL AND THE BULAROO Trot watched from the window the escape of Gip Gizzizzle, but did not know, of course, who it was. Then, after the city had quieted down again, she lay upon the bed without undressing, and was sound asleep in a minute. The blue dawn was just breaking when she opened her eyes with a start of fear that she might have overslept, but soon found that no one else in the palace was yet astir. Even the guards had gone to sleep by this time, and were adding their snores to the snores of the other inhabitants of the royal palace. So the little girl got up, and finding a ewer of water and a basin upon the dresser, washed herself carefully, and then looked in a big mirror to see how her hair was. To her astonishment, there was no reflection at all. The mirror was blank so far as Trot was concerned. She laughed a little at this, remembering she wore the ring of Rosalie the Witch, which rendered her invisible. Then she slipped quietly out of the room and found it was already light enough in the corridors for her to see all objects distinctly. After hesitating a moment which way to turn, she decided to visit the snub-nosed princesses and pass through the big reception room to the sleeping room of Indigo. There, this princess, the crossest and most disagreeable of all, the Disagreeable Six, was curled up in bed and slumbering cozily. The little blue dog came trotting out of Indigo's boudoir and crowed like a rooster, for although he could not see Trot, his keen little nose centered her presence. Thinking it was time the princess awoke, Trot leaned over and gave her stub nose a good tweak and at once Indigo yelled like an Indian and sat up, glaring around her to see who had dared to pull her nose. Trot, standing back in the room, threw a sofa pillow that caught the princess on the side of her head. At once Indigo sprang out of bed and rushed into the chamber of cobalt, which adjoined her own. Thinking it was this sister who had slyly attacked her, Indigo rushed at the sleeping cobalt and slapped her face at once there was a war. The other four princesses, hearing the screams and cries of rage, came running into Cobalt's room and, as fast as they appeared, Trot threw pillows at them, so that presently all six were indulging in a free-for-all battle and snarling like tigers. The blue lamb came trotting into the room, and Trot leaned over and patted the pretty little animal, but as she did so, She became visible for an instant, each pat destroying the charm of the ring while the girl was in contact with a living creature. These flashes permitted some of the princesses to see her, and at once they rushed toward her with furious cries. But the girl realized what had happened, and leaving the lamb, she stepped back into a corner, and her frenzied enemies failed to find her. It was a little dangerous, though, remaining in a room where six girls were feeling all around for her, so she went away and left them in their vain search, while she renewed her hunt for Captain Bill. The sailor man did not seem to be in any of the rooms she entered, so she decided to visit the Boolooroo's own apartments. In the room where Rosalie's vision had shown them, the magic umbrella lying under a cabinet, Trot attempted to find it, for she considered that next to rescuing Captain Bill, this was the most important task to accomplish. But the umbrella had been taken away and was no longer beneath the cabinet. This was a severe disappointment to the child, but she reflected that the umbrella was surely someplace in the blue city, so there was no need to despair. Finally, she entered the king's own sleeping chamber and found the in bed and asleep, with a funny nightcap tied over his egg-shaped head. As Trot looked at him, she was surprised to see that he had one foot out of bed and that his big toe was tied to a cord that led out of the bedchamber into a small dressing room beyond. Trot slowly followed this cord, and in the dressing room came upon Captain Bill, who was lying asleep upon a lounge and snoring with great vigor. His arms were tied to his body, and his body was tied fast to the lounge chair. His wooden leg stuck out into the room at an angle, and the shoe on his one foot had been removed so that the end of the cord could be fastened to the sailor's big toe. This arrangement had been a clever thought of the Boolooroo, fearing his important prisoner might escape before he was patched, as Gip Gazizzle had done. The cruel king of the blues had kept Captain Bill in his private apartments, and had tied his own big toe to the prisoner's big toe, so that if the sailor made any attempt to get away, he would pull on the cord, and that would arouse the Boolooroo. Trot saw through this cunning scheme at once. So the first thing she did was untie the cord from Cap'n Bill's big toe and retie it to the leg of the lounge. Then she unfastened her friend's bonds and leaned over to give his leathery face a smacking kiss. Cap'n Bill sat up and rubbed his eyes. He looked around the room and rubbed his eyes again, seeing no one who could have kissed him. Then he discovered that his bonds had been removed and he rubbed his eyes once more to make sure he was not dreaming. The little girl laughed softly. <laughs> Trot! exclaimed the sailor, recognizing her voice. Then Trot came up and took his hand. The touch at once rendering her visible to him. "Dear me," said the bewildered sailor. "However did you get here, mate? In the Boolooroo's own den? Is the Blue City captured then?"
1: "Not yet,"
0: she replied. "But
1: you are captain, and I've come along to save you."
0: "All alone then, Trot?"
1: All alone, Cap'n Bill, but it's got to be done just the same.
0: Then she explained about the magic ring Rosalie had lent her, which rendered her invisible while she wore it, unless she touched some living creature. Cap'n Bill was much interested. I'm willin' to be saved, mate, he said, for the Boolooroo is set on patchin' me right after breakfast, which I hope the cook will be late with.
1: Who are you to be patched with?
0: she asked. A feller named Tiggle, who's in disgrace because he mixed the royal necktie for me.
1: That was Nectar, not necktie.
0: Corrected Trot.
1: But you needn't be afraid of being patched with Tiggle, because I set him loose. By this time, he's in hiding where he
0: can't be found. Well, that's good, then, said Cap'n Bill, nodding approval. But the blamed old Boolooroo is sure to find someone else. What's to be done, mate? Trot thought about this for a moment. Then she remembered how some unknown man had escaped from the palace the night before by means of the wall, which she had reached from the window of the very chamber in which she had slept. Captain Bill might easily do the same. The rope ladder she had used would help the sailor down from the top of the wall then.
1: "'Could you climb down a rope ladder, Captain?'
0: she asked. "'Like enough,' he said. "'I've done it many a time on shipboard.' "'But you
1: didn't have a wooden leg then.'
0: "'she reminded him. "'The wooden leg won't bother much,' he assured her. "'So Trot tied a small sofa cushion "'around the end of his wooden leg "'so it wouldn't make any noise pounding upon the floor. "'Then she quietly led the sailor "'through the room of the sleeping Boolooroo, "'and through several other rooms "'until they came to the passage. "'Here a soldier was on guard, "'but he had fallen asleep for a moment "'in order to rest himself.' They passed this blueskin without disturbing him, and soon reached the chamber opposite the suite of the six snub-nosed princesses, whom they could hear still quarreling loudly among themselves. Trot locked the door from the inside so that no one could disturb them, and then led the sailor to the window. The garden was just below. But, gracious me, Trot, it's a drop of ten feet there!
1: "'And you've only one foot to drop, Cap'n,'
0: she said laughing.
1: "'Couldn't you let yourself down on one of the sheets from the bed?'
0: "'I'll try,' he rejoined. "'But can you do the circus act, Trot?'
1: "'Oh, I'm going to stay here and find the magic umbrella. "'Being invisible, Cap'n, I'm safe enough. "'What I want to do is see you safe back with the pinkies, "'and then I'll manage to hold my own all right. Never fear.'
0: "'So they brought a blue sheet and tied one end to a post of the blue bed,' "'and let the other end dangle out of the blue window. "'Good-bye, mate,' said Cap'n Bill, preparing to descend. "'Don't get reckless!'
1: "'I won't, Cap'n. Don't worry.'
0: "'Then he grasped the sheet with both hands "'and easily let himself down to the wall. Trot had told him where to find the rope ladder she had left "'and how to fasten it to the broken flagstaff "'so he could climb down into the field outside the city.' As soon as he was safe on the wall, Cap'n Bill began to hobble along the broad top toward the connecting wall that surrounded the entire city, just as Gip Gizzizzle had done, and Trot anxiously watched him from the window. But the blue city was now beginning to waken to life. One of the soldiers came from a house, sleepily yawning and stretching himself, and presently his eyes lit upon the huge form of Cap'n Bill hastling along the top of the wall, The soldier gave a yell that aroused a score of his comrades and brought them tumbling out into the street. When they saw how the Boolooroo's precious prisoner was escaping, they instantly became alert and wide awake, and every one of them started in pursuit along the foot of the wall. Of course, the long-legged blueskins could run faster than poor old Cap'n Bill. Some of them soon got ahead of the old sailor man and came to the rope ladder which Trot had left dangling from the stone bench, where it hung down inside the city. The soldiers promptly mounted this ladder and so gained the wall, heading off the fugitive. When Captain Bill came up, panting and all out of breath, the blueskins seized him and held him fast. Captain Bill was terribly disappointed at being recaptured, and so was Trot, who had eagerly followed his every movement from her window in the palace. The little girl could have cried with vexation, and I think she did weep a few tears before she recovered her courage. But Captain Bill was a philosopher, in his way, and had learned to accept ill fortune cheerfully. Knowing he was helpless, he made no protest when they again began to bind him, and carried him down the ladder like a bale of goods. Others were also disappointed by his capture. Button Bright had heard the parrot squawking,
1: "'Oh, there's Captain Bill! There's Captain Bill! "'I see him still! Up on that hill! It's Captain Bill!'
0: So the boy ran out of his tent to find the sailor hurrying along the top of the wall as fast as he could go. At once Button Bright aroused Coralie, who got her pinkies together and quickly marched them toward the wall to assist in the escape of her commander-in-chief. But they were too late. Before they could reach the wall, the blueskins— Had captured Trot's old friend, and lugged him back down into the city, so Coralie and Button Bright were forced to return to their camp, discomfited. There, Gipkazizzle and Rosalie were awaiting them, and they all went into the witch's tent and held a council of war. "Tell me," said Gipkazizzle to Button Bright, "did you not take the royal record book from the treasure chamber of the Bolero?" "I did," replied the boy. "'I remember that you wanted it, "'and so I have kept it with me ever since that night. "'Here it is!' "'And he presented the little blue book to the Major Domo, "'the only friend the adventurers had found among all the blueskins. "'Gipgazizzle took the book eagerly, "'and at once began turning over its leaves. "'Aha!' he exclaimed presently. "'It's just as I suspected. "'The wicked Bularoo had already reigned over the blue country "'300 years last Thursday.' so that now he has no right to rule at all. I myself have been the rightful ruler of the blues since Thursday, and yet this cruel and deceitful man has not only deprived me of my right to succeed him, but he's also tried to have me patched, so that I could never become Bulleroo. "'Does the book tell how old he is?' asked Button Bright. "'Yes, he's now five hundred years old, and has another hundred years left to live. He planned to rule the blue country until the last, but—' I now know the deception he's practised, and have the royal record-book to prove it. With this, I shall be able to force him to resign, that I may take his place for all the people will support me and abide by the law. The tyrant will perhaps fight me in my cause desperately, but I'm sure to win in the end. If we can help you, said Button-bright, the whole pink army will fight for you. only if you win, you must promise to give me back my magic umbrella and let us fly away to our homes again. Oh, I'll do that most willingly, agreed Gipka Zizzle. Now let us consult together on how best to take the Blue City and capture the Bolero. As I know my own country much better than you or the Pinkies do, I think I can find a way to accomplish our purposes.